Hello, hello. Welcome to the What in the World is Dyscalculia podcast. I'm your host, Honora Wall, and today I want to talk about what I call the Dyscalculia trifecta. Time, money, and place value. These concepts plague people with dyscalculia for their whole lives. They're just really tough. And in elementary school, what do you do in second, third, and fourth grade? Learn about time, learn about money, and learn about place value. So elementary school ends up being a very difficult time for students with this specific learning disorder. It's also a really tough time for their teachers who are using every instructional strategy they can think of and not seeing a lot of results during assessments. And for parents who are really worried, especially if this is your oldest child, having these difficulties in early elementary school, it's very unsettling. You're not sure what this means for your student. It's also hard for the students themselves who are really just defining themselves as mathematicians, defining themselves as students. They're trying so hard. The work ethic with this population of students is unparalleled. And they're just being frustrated at every turn. And this is very demoralizing. So we start to see by fourth grade students who are giving up on math students who are giving up on themselves as learners. The students who are giving up on mastering things that seem so easy and so commonly used. We talk about time all day and all night. We use money. Even though most of us are using plastic these days, we still talk about how much things cost. And In the math class, we use place value for expanded form, for working with decimals, for understanding quantity. So early elementary can be a really difficult time because of this dyscalculia trifecta. The funny thing is once you break away from elementary school math, Once you get into middle school math, and certainly high school math, nobody's asking you to tell time on a clock. It's not a question that comes up at all. And no one is asking you to make change or to think about money. Even when we deal with percent of change problems, those are proportions. We usually use whole numbers. You may use decimals in some of your algebra or geometry questions, but most of the time we want students to focus on the concept. So we move away from decimals and fractions and we save those for extension questions once the content has been mastered. So a lot of the topics that are holding back students in early elementary, in that kind of second, third, fourth grade levels, they go away. And we're left with students who no longer believe they can succeed in math class, even though the expectations are much more aligned with where they can be successful. So it's interesting, the dyscalculia trifecta stands in the way of students becoming great math students, and then it goes away. And we're left with students who 
don't believe they can outperform their past math experiences. So if you are a student with dyscalculia or the parent of a student with dyscalculia and you're experiencing this, I want you to know that math gets better and that your ability to succeed in math is going to be a lot easier. So if you can hold out for middle and high school math, I think you're going to have a much easier time with those topics. You're also going to be required to use a calculator for most of your high school math work and quite a good bit of middle school math. So if you can hold on to that fact that you're not going to have to memorize basic facts forever in order to be a good math student, better days are coming. In a perfect world, I would love to see more teachers allow elementary students to either use a calculator, and I'll talk about why that's important in other podcasts, or at least use a times tables list or a 1 to 100s chart to help support the adding and subtracting and working with decimals uh, that comes up so much in money-related questions in particular. But let's take a minute and dive into the dyscalculia trifecta and talk about what's going on. Why is this such a problem for students with dyscalculia? So the first thing I want you to think about is the base unit. Uh, And for people listening who are not math teachers, we count in a base 10 system. We count with our fingers, 1 through 10, and then we roll over into more than 10. But when we're telling time, there are 12 hours on a clock. So that's base 12. You get from 1 o'clock all the way around to 12 o'clock, midnight or noon, and then you start over again. That is true unless we're talking about how many minutes are in an hour. Now we have 60 minutes. So that's a base 60. You count one second all the way through to 60 seconds and boom, you've rolled into the next minute. We also have 60 seconds in a minute, but we have 24 hours in one day, seven days in a week, unless you're looking at a business week, that's five, four weeks in a month, 12 weeks in a year. All of these are different bases to count in. And for any student, that can be a very strange and confusing topic. Why is it always different? Later on, this same issue will rear its ugly head when you get into the United States customary units of measurement, which are all over the map. The metric system, while it seems more confusing when you first learn it, is very direct. And it doesn't change units the way U.S. customary measures do. We also have this change in units when we're looking at money. There's one cent in a penny, five cents in every nickel, 10 cents in a dime, 25 cents in a quarter, 100 cents in a dollar, 75 cents in three quarters. It's very confusing for students to keep track of these different units and to match them visually with what a quarter looks like versus what a dime looks like 
versus coding that vocabulary, spelling those words and sounding them out and knowing what image and what quantity they go with. And that coding piece is a big problem for students with dyscalculia. If you go to my website, educalclearning.com, you can see some of the different research studies this information comes from. Or feel free to reach out to me directly, honora at educalclearning.com. And I'm happy to share the research studies where this information comes from, because there's some great research out there uh, for those of us who enjoy reading research studies. Okay, all of these different base units that we're talking about that flow through time and money, they all relate to place value. And that can be part of why place value is tricky for any student, but especially students with dyscalculia. They have to tag that place value concept with our base 10 system so that they can write numbers in ones, tens, hundreds, so that they can look at the ordinality of numbers, which digit is in the hundredths place, which digit is in the thousandths place, when we get into decimals versus whole number place value. And then they also have to utilize this concept of changing units with all of these different uh, aspects of mathematical topics, time and money in addition to simply adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing. So we squish so much numeracy into second, third, and fourth grade. It's really a lot for students to try to master. Well, if that's the problem, then what is the solution? The easiest solution, teachers, I strongly recommend that you try this out. Let me know if it does not work for you but I guarantee that it will. Here's what I want you to do to help solve this problem. I want you to allow your students to use the right support tools while they're working. And what this means is that you want to have a place value chart up on the wall, have a small place value chart students can use at their desk, have a list with pictures of different types of money and their word form and the quantity that they represent and let students use that while they're answering money-based questions. If they don't understand the concept then the resource and reference sheet will never help them. If they understand the concept but they're getting stuck on the base units then the reference sheet is going to let them show you what they know about the concept while reducing confusion over terminology. I want you to encourage your students to use pictures of clocks labeled with hour and minute hands and let them reference those but make sure they reference those while they're doing their work about time. See if you can give them a clock where they can manipulate the hands, and that will help with elapsed time. Of course, that's a problem if you're working with older students, because so many of our materials are made for beginning learners, and older students do not want to use them. They're embarrassing. So you might try making some on your own, or at least getting the least 
uh, elementary looking materials that you can so that your students will use them. And teachers, I would tell you, don't hand a reference sheet to your student and walk away. Show them how to use it. Make them show you that they're using it for a few problems. And if they're getting classwork and homework answers incorrect, make them use their resources to correct their work. That way we're teaching students that precision and accuracy is what counts, more than memory. Memory is a great parlor trick. And for students who have strong memory skills and who do not have dyscalculia, it helps them increase their speed and it helps them increase their confidence. For students with this learning disorder, their parietal lobe loses math-related information and there's nothing they can do about it. So they feel that extra frustration of knowing they've learned a concept and now they just can't remember what it is. So let's show our students that it isn't all about memory. It's about accuracy and precision and double checking your work. Use reference sheets, use imagery, and use tools to help your students get over the hump of the dyscalculia trifecta. Don't let time, money, and place value get in the way of their math success. And give them the tools to support themselves in this and all of their future math work. So the dyscalculia trifecta, time, money, and place value, very tough for students with this specific learning disorder. If you have questions or comments, or if you need more references, resources, or if you'd like to talk about your students and some of the issues they're facing, please reach out. I'm available through Honora at educalclearning.com or check out my website, educalclearning, and reach me through there or through LinkedIn. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation about this with you in the future. Thanks for listening.